Good morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Glenis, and it's a joy to be sharing God's word with you this morning. Recently, we've been looking at the Psalms, and uh, this morning we are going to focus especially on Psalm 27, as well as dipping into a few more uh, as, as we go along. So if you haven't got your Bible with you, uh, press pause and go and get it, and then turn to Psalm 27 and verse 1, and we'll read it together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who stumble and fall. Though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You know, the one thing that strikes me in this Psalm of David is his confidence in God. He says, the Lord is my light. There was no doubt. There was no question. The Lord is my light when it is dark, when I don't know which way to go, when I'm surrounded by all sorts of distractions. The Lord will show me the way. He is my light. I've proved it. And not only was God his light, he could say, and he is my salvation or and he is my deliverer. I've proved it <laughs> again. He can say I've proved it from the bears, from the giants, from the Saul. He is my deliverer. He is my salvation. And not only that, but he is the stronghold of my life. He holds me secure in times of danger and distress. I've proved it. Listen to verses two and three. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. 
Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. David was confident in his God. He knew what it was to receive from God. He knew what it was to be blessed, to have his provision uh, come from God and to be led and to be guided and to be protected. Imagine for a moment um, somebody coming into church and and giving a testimony like that of how God had delivered them, how God had led them, how how God had just been everything uh, that they needed. We would ask ourselves, what more? What more could that person want? What more? Hasn't hasn't they experienced God to the fullest degree? And uh, yet David said that there was something that he wanted more than, than, than any of that. What could David want? What was his heart's cry? What was his deepest desire? What was the one thing that filled his heart to to want to know more than anything else. And this is the thing that I want to focus on this morning. And I just wonder if I were were to ask you today, uh, what was the one thing that you wanted, what you would say? I'm sure you would say many things, but these are a few things that I thought of. World peace, that I might know his will, that he would use me, that all my family uh, would come to know him. All good things, nothing wrong in those things. But what was the one thing that David desired? What was the one thing that consumed him? And we read it in verse four. That I may dwell or live in the house in the presence of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Wow. You see, David realised that that was the place from which everything else flowed. The place of dwelling with God, the place of being close to God. He knew what it was to receive from God, but that didn't satisfy his deepest longing knowing him, not just knowing what he can do. I don't just want to know what God can do for me. I want to know him. Psalm 103 and verse 7 says, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. They saw, the children of Israel saw what God could do. They saw the the Red Sea parted. They they experienced water coming from the rock. They experienced the manna that that God provided to satisfy their hunger. They saw him uh, deliver them in in times of battle with their enemies when they were in the wilderness. Um, But Moses knew God's ways. He knew knew God's heart behind those acts and he knew him. To abide in him, to dwell in him, to gaze on him, to get as close to him as he could possibly get, that was David's desire. 
the author of Psalm 91 verse 1 puts it like this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. How could he say that? He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. It was because he was dwelling in the shelter of the Most High and he was resting in the shadow of the Almighty. That was what gave him uh, his confidence in God. There will always be turmoil. There will always be trouble and chaos. There will always be those things that will cause fear, cause fear and dread. But the closer we are to him, the more secure we will be. Our place of peace and rest, our place of safety is in him, focusing on him, dwelling deeply in him, living in him. You see, it's all about him. What does our vision start with? Together, being with Jesus. We can't learn from him or become like him until we're with him. The disciples were with him for three years and the people in Antioch gave them the nickname Christian because they reminded them of Jesus. I just wonder this morning, who do I remind people of? Who do you remind people of? Who do we remind people of? Am I living so close to him that I am becoming like him? Only he can give peace. He is the prince of peace when there is turmoil. Only he can make that deep sense of joy spring up inside us when there is such uncertainty and distress all around. Only Jesus is our anchor in the storm and the place where we hide. Only he can bring hope in the middle of hopelessness. But it only happens as we dwell in him, as we gaze upon his beauty, as we spend time in his presence. David said in verse 5 of Psalm 27, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. He knew that the only place of real security was to dwell in the presence of God. Now this doesn't mean being on my knees all day, kind of head in the sand, Christianity, but it does mean keeping him at the centre of everything in my life all day. Now you may say, well, that's not practical. How on earth can I dwell in God's presence when so many things clamour for my attention? Listen to what David says and go back to Psalm 23. He says in verse four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Now, this was nitty gritty stuff. This was real life that we all go through. This wasn't head in the sand. This was everyday reality for David. David knew what it was to be in God's presence, even at this time. He goes on to talk about his enemies 
Uh, he knew the reality of having enemies. We read about them in the scripture, but here he talks about knowing God's presence and provision even then. In verse 5, he says, you, you, God, Yahweh, the Almighty, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He knew God's presence even then. He knew his blessing even at those times. He said, you, Yahweh, anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. David he knew what it was to live in God's presence in the midst of everyday life, the things that just happen. But he also knew what it was to be in God's presence when his enemies were plotting against him. How could he be so sure and so confident? Because we know David got things wrong. David made mistakes just like you and I do. But he knew God's heart. And he knew God's heart was for him. His one desire was to dwell in his presence at all times, his whole life. This, this wasn't talking about heaven one day when he dies. This was now present reality for David. All the days of his life is what it says. All the days of his life. Whatever that may mean, whatever those days may hold. It reminds me of a chorus we used to sing many years ago in my previous church. Dwelling in the secret place, overshadowed by his grace. Looking up into his face and seeing only Jesus. I'm reminded of Mary she was a dear friend of Jesus, along with her sister Martha and her brother Lazarus. And in Luke 10 and verse 38 and 42, we have the account of when Jesus turned up on their doorstep. And Mary, Martha got frustrated and cross with Mary because she was sitting with Jesus and listening to him instead of helping her. And she, she said so. And Jesus said, only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen it. What was that one thing that Mary chose? To spend time with Jesus, to get close to him, to drink in his presence, to listen to his every word. You see, Jesus doesn't want what we can do for him as much as he wants us. Is my life about what I can do for God? Is it even about what he can do for me? Or is it just about knowing him? Oh, it's good to serve God and he calls us to serve him. But everything we do must come out of that place of knowing, it, knowing him, of dwelling in him. And the closer we get to him, the less the voices around will distract us. Mary chose to get as close to Jesus as she could. It was her choice. All she concentrated on was him. All she saw was him. All she heard was his voice. Jesus was her sole focus. She was like the deer in Psalm 42 when it says, as the deer pants 
for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Jesus was her one thing. And nobody and nothing was going to take her away from him or him away from her. As I draw this talk to a close, let me ask you again, what is your one thing? Is your desire to get more from Jesus or to really know him? Is it for him to do more for you or for you to know his heart? I challenge you to make knowing him your one thing, your top priority. You see, just like Mary, it's always a choice. He will never force himself on, on you. You must choose him and the enemy doesn't like that and he will bring many things to your attention really good and what we would think of as godly things but if our one thing is not Jesus we will be settling for less than the best the songwriter said knowing you Jesus there is no greater thing. Can we honestly say that this morning? May God bless you.